Hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And this, this is, is the, the Paranormal, Paranormal Podcast. Podcast. A podcast experience for stoners with a taste for all things creepy crawly. Each week, there will be two roles needed to be filled. The listener and the storyteller. The listener will be very, very stoned. <laughs> and it's surrounded by snacks of their choice in front of a microphone. The storyteller will then give three story options. Creepy, paranormal stories or legends. Crime, like true crime. Or cryptid. Creatures whose existence can't be identified. The goal from there is simple. To get the best reaction from the listener as the story progresses. So Natalie, how are you feeling? Oh dude, I'm pretty fucking high. Excellent. What did you what did you smoke? I smoked Dutch Hawaiian. It's a hybrid and it was infused. So I saw that. Yeah. And even the filter looked like it was kind of a whole like unique like wood piece instead it of just a regular was. old paper. I don't know that I'm a fan of that, though, because it was really hard to actually pull from it. I felt like it was burning more than I was actually getting from it. I was worried, too, but uh, looking at you right now, it looks like it did the job. That and the nine-pound hammer I smoked directly after. That's so. right. You double-fisted today. I double-fisted, and I'm really uh, looking forward to whatever uh, story you have. I'm looking forward to seeing what you remember after this. <clears throat> All right, so let's start up. Your choices today are... Creepy, crime, or cryptid? Hmm. Let's go for crime. Because why not? Crime. We haven't done that one yet, and you got the doubleheader no, last time, too. I was the, I did crime on our very first episode, mm-hmm. the Tylenol killings. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I mean, like, when, as a listener, you haven't done it yet. No. Oh, my God, I just got hired. I'm so fucking excited for this. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> since it's still October, and I'm still keeping with that whole Filipino History Month piece, you are getting... The story of the menace of the face slashers. The what now? The menace of the face slashers. The menace. Not the Phantom Menace like Star Wars. This is actually like this actually happened. Trying to think of a joke because of that. I'm high. I'm not quick witted right now. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) The only thing that's quick about you is how high you got. Dude, this might be the record for you actually. No clue. All right, you ready for this one? Oh my god, yes. In August of 1965 in the Philippines. More than 1,000 young students from about a dozen schools in Manila were targeted by a rash of crimes. Face slashing, eh, excuse me, face slashing incidents with either a knife or a razor blade were carried out on grade schoolers and college students. Okay. I kind of spaced out there for a minute because the way you keep saying like face slashers, it reminds me of the hash slinging slasher. Wait, the what? The hash-slinging slasher from Spongebob. They did, like, a horror episode, and there was this, like, killer on the loose that was called the hash-slinging slasher. The hash-slinging slasher. What? Because he had, like, spatulas and everything. It was supposed to be, like, a scary Spongebob thing. And since Spongebob's a fry cook, like, I think it was a spatula, actually, that he would, like, kill people with or something. Are you just taking so, over? You can just go on and take take over the episode. No, I I'm, just I'm want you to this. know go that on. I'm I'm gonna call him the hash slinging slasher in my mind this entire time. That's assuming there's just one of them. Oh my god, there's more than one hash slinging slasher. So, every single time somebody was attacked, the victims always described them as wielding some sort of like short blade, like a knife or just a razor blade. Okay, so they liked a personal. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the crazy part. It was very focused around Tondo, the largest and most densely populated of Manila's 16 districts. 
They had more cases than anywhere else combined. Um, but in all instances, the modus was the same. The slasher appeared from nowhere, attacks the victim, and then just disappears. Oh my god. And again, these people weren't killed. They were left alive. They were just had their face specifically just slashed. So the way that you said that, though, it almost makes it sound like a paranormal story, too. Almost like someone had, like, a little ninja bomb and just, like, vanished in right? the air. Whether it was, like, a shadow person or something weird oh, thing like that. shadow person? That'd be fucked up, man. Well, it's not like the Mananangal that we went over last time. Yeah. Mm. With the upper torso. Because this happened in broad daylight. Fuck. Okay, this wasn't even, like, a nighttime-specific thing? Fuck. So, originally, the local police captain... Felicimo Lazardo dismissed the case as another, quote, teen fad inspired by a local movie um, about, actually, a disguise artist. Um, the movie's name is Pitong Muka ni Dr. Ivan. But once they hit over a thousand cases, they couldn't really argue that it was just a uh, fad anymore. Okay, but what does that mean? For what? The translation for that. Uh, just the, you know, I don't know. I probably should have looked that up. But it was just, okay. it, it was about a local disguise artist who, oh, you know, okay. pretended to be other people. Cool. Um, so, after about a thousand cases of this happening, only two slashes were actually apprehended from the case. Oh, but they did get two of them. Okay. So. How many were there? Nobody knows. That's the crazy part. So, both people were teenage gang members and 100% admitted to the crime. But they didn't provide the police with any sort of reasoning or motive for why they were just cutting children's faces. That's fucked up. Just a compulsion? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, when they started interviewing the actual victims, everybody, whether it was a victim or whether it was someone who actually, you know, like saw what happened, Mm -hmm. um, they were unusually tight-lipped or just had no information to offer to the police. So there was something weird going on. This sounds almost like a men in black situation. Like normally, yes, but it wasn't that they didn't know or didn't remember. They just wouldn't tell the police what, what was happening or why. Damn. It must have been something real fucked up if they weren't willing to even discuss it. But for like a thousand people, a thousand cases and little to no information. This is how alien conspiracy theories start. This is. This is exactly how And actually, speaking of aliens, that has nothing to do with what happened here. Fuck, you got me really excited there. <laughs> We're talking true crime. This is what you wanted. Hey, man, they can overlap. So, there were four common theories behind this one. Number one, which was apparently the most logical one, is extortions. That these actual scars were inflicted on children who didn't comply with local gangs. Okay, that's a, actually a decent theory. So, there were two main gangs in the area, Karate and Bahalanat. And they were apparently heavily recruiting. And if you didn't follow what they said, you got cut. Oh, okay. So I was like going to ask if... Um... No, I forgot my fucking question. You were going to ask. I know. Oh, like what kind of kids these are? Like are they all like from a certain like background or something like that or is it just completely random well i look pretty so again it kind of depends when we'll get into some of the um other theories that go behind it but in terms of the victims it was just it was kind of really scattered it was school children anywhere from you know grade school up to up through college and you weren't really getting like a lot of like working adults at that point Mm -hmm. but it was 
primarily around Manila. So it was very populated and it was in the the most populated district in Manila in the first place, in the capital. Oh shit. They really weren't fucking around. Yeah, so it wasn't like it was like, you know, not with like a lot of the cryptid stories in like smaller cities or towns. This is happening in like downtown LA essentially. Or like down or like uh Cap Hill district in Seattle. God damn. Yeah. That's really weird. So now we get into theory number two, that it had to do with drugs. I mean, that's always a very valid theory. So the theory goes behind this one, that between the local gangs who were selling the drugs to minors and kids who thought it was cool, they were actually using the face cutting to mark potential targets. So they knew who they would sell to. Oh, fuck. That's, that's still very, very fucked up. But I mean, that makes sense, I guess. See, and I'm pretty sure that's the weed talking because none of it makes sense to me. I don't know why you would say like, hey, Natalie, we want you to buy X product, slash. Well, I mean, the thing, I'm not thinking that it was consensual. I'm thinking that they probably, like, sold to these per- people and then, like, if they kept coming back, then they would mark them so that everybody knew that it was safe. But, like, isn't that why other places do rewards cards? Or just, I don't know, have some sort of like... Sorry, sorry. Oh, can I um, get my double rewards on my one crack, please? You're saying this like we don't have a rewards card for... Yeah, but this Origins, is like... or for the novel tree in Bellevue, or for literally any dispensary in the, like within like, walking distance from where we live right now. Correct, but those are legal and they are like properly owned businesses. You're not talking like a drug dealer on the corner getting a rewards card for you i mean well clearly i mean box cutter isn't really a big upgrade (laughs) or any kind of similar option for that though Uh, i don't know i don't know man i can see your brain working to try to make sense of it and really trying i'm so (laughs) you look like you're holding on to your own knee for dear life right now i need to support myself let me live (laughs) trying to (laughs) all right now the third weird theory behind this one is that it was actually a fad and it was more of a rite of passage. So almost like how people were trying to eat Tide Pods back in... Oh, gosh, God. that wasn't even that long ago at this point. It but like that it was ago? kind of a sign of being in the gang in the first place. You had a specific scar on your face I mean, for some that reason. sounds really stupid, though. Like, that's like the biggest identifier a cop could go for. Could, but I mean, if... You got a thousand kids with scars. You don't really know who's actually in the gang and who's just, you know, trying to look like they're hardened in a gang when they kind of just fell on scissors. Yeah, but, I mean, why would anyone want to try to fit into that gang? Well, I guess I, I get that, but wouldn't it still be difficult to identify who is actually in the gang if there are a thousand kids and not all of them are actually... Uh, in the gang, even though they're cut on their face. I mean, it probably made it really hard on the gangs, too. Like, That's, what if you, you're yeah. trying to hard, recruit all these, like, hard-ass members, and then you get that weird kid who just fell? Yeah. And he just, like, walked into the wrong room because he thought you had, like, punch and pie, and That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, how many of those kids actually, like, did any of those kids get hurt any further? I mean, maybe they just kept getting cut if they really liked the drugs. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm just thinking, like, were they actually, like, did anyone die or get severely injured or something? Like, because what you're just saying 
if they walk into uh, the wrong place at the wrong time and they have that cut, like, that's fucked up. They could really get hurt. And see, this is the weird part. They weren't necessarily, like, you know, you're not killing these people if they could be potentially be, like, customers of whichever drug dealer they've got locally. Okay. But they were just, sl- like, slashing faces and then running and then just dipping out. So fucking weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. And now, because you wanted your conspiracy theory. Oh, fuck yeah. We get to number four. Communist subversion. Communist subversion. Okay, you have my attention. So what was happening is that there were members in some juvenile red cells (laughs) who had marked themselves. um, And this came up when they actually found two posters with Nazi swastikas found at San Francisco Del Monte Elementary School. An elementary school? So these kids were being indoctrinated from very young. God. Dude. Okay, you've already fucked me up. Okay, let's go. Congratulations. So, yeah, that was it. They weren't really able to get anybody except for two actual slashers who got apprehended, the teenagers. But... But they wouldn't that's, talk, that's right? That's a thousand... You know, nobody got any info. They, they admitted to the crime, but they didn't really have any kind of motive. And nobody knows what exactly is going on. It's very unlikely that just two kids were able to slash, like, kind of divide and conquer and do, like, 500 faces a, a blade or something. I mean, but also, what if it was after the first, like, few cases or something, there was another person who just started a copycat chain, you know? I mean, that's a really weird thing to get away with, but if you do it quick enough, you'll be fine. So I don't know if maybe it was a certain number or if there were just a bunch of copycats running around. Oh, but like a thousand? Over I a mean, thousand faces. That's the thing, though. If you have all these fucked up kids all over the place, like, and they just start thinking, oh, yeah, I'll do that, too. That could easily, like, how how quickly did all of those thousand... Like, were they within, like, a short time frame? They were within about, like, a two to three month period. So, like, around August, then they kind of, like, tapered off in October. See, but do you remember, like, the clown thing that happened a few years ago? I think I told you about it. No, I don't. So, it was, like, there was, like, a creepy clown that, like, went viral. And it was, like, holding a knife or something. I could be getting this Was it the documentary we watched? I think that documentary... Yeah, it probably about was. the guy. Like because they, they made it seem like it was him the whole time, and then you come yeah. to find out that it was specifically kind of like a social media fad. Yeah, but then there were also people. There was like a bunch of people just like started popping up in clown costumes, like wielding weapons. Was it, what, what was it? Because a lot of people use like the phone number to scare kids. It was like was it like no no no? I'm talking like a whole bunch of other people who just wanted to be assholes. They would just dress up as clowns, like holding a knife or something, just. Because they wanted to, like, make it trendy or something. But if they just wanted to join Cirque du Soleil, that doesn't make them assholes. Why you gotta hate? Bruh. Man, that weed brought out some evil in you today. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I was talking about. We can continue. They, oh, well, that was all I had. <laughs> oh, okay. And ladies and gentlemen, Natalie is officially having a lot of trouble keeping up. Oh, man, I am. And we have this only a few though. minutes in. This is actually kind of a short episode. About 15 minutes. Do you want to do another one? Do you have the brain capacity for another one? Can it be a cryptid one? Actually, I have just the one for you. Yes, okay, I can do this. 
Okay. Anything for cryptids. So what we are going to talk about today are Filipino witches. Ooh, okay. So the word for black magic in Tagalog is kulam. And what we're talking about right now are called mangkukulam, or those who use black magic. Okay. So cool little piece to this is a lot of the witches specifically in the Philippines and again there's the folklore changes from region to region so there with so many different dialects there's different names for it so I'm just going to focus on the Tagalog one for now okay because that's the only one I can pronounce properly <laughs> um, apparently they would actually cause harm to other people covertly um, specifically because especially with how religious the Philippines has always been whether in the you know kind of Catholic or the Islamic parts of the country they had a very widespread belief that black magic did not affect innocent people Oh, so you can only hurt bad people. Mm-hmm. So again, even with a lot of the uh, foreign that. horror movies you and I have seen, they actually do typically target thieves, cheating spouses, or those who are really corrupt. And again, at that time when this was getting widespread, it was when there was a lot of land grabbing going on. So it could have been targeted for a lot of the uh, fat cats and big wigs that like big corporations or like large... Um, real estate groups yeah. that would just buy up land you know, behind people's back. Okay. So especially when you're getting into some of the undeveloped areas where the uh, Mankukula might actually live at, mm-hmm. they would want to take revenge on you for trying to take their home. Oh, okay. So with a lot of the black magic uses in the Philippines, apparently they used a lot of effigies, dolls, yeah. um, pots and cauldrons are pretty big, and also insects and beetles. Oh, yeah. I mean, witches use a whole bunch of shit. It's always really cool. Mm, And again, it's fairly similar to a lot of the stuff that we've heard over in the Western world. So they would actually use one of the victim's personal effects, something from their body, like a toenail clipping or Mm -hmm. even hair, to tie the actual item that they're using to the victim or the target. Yeah. So they would use some kind of a chant, a spell, a symbol... And then, very similar to, this kind of goes almost more of like a voodoo-style setup. They would actually damage the victim, or damage the dollar for the item, and it would harm the victim in an immediate way based on what you did. Yeah, this definitely has some voodoo vibes. It does, but here's where it gets a little bit crazy. So, usually you see the witches in our stories using like the pot or cauldron as just a tool. Yeah. In this case, the pot is actually like the voodoo doll, or what would bind to the victim. Okay, that's weird. Can you explain that more? Yeah, so in one of the stories, when seawater is added to the pot or the uh, cauldron, it can cause the victim's stomach to bloat and swell as the local tide would ebb and flow, which would cause excruciating pain. Oh, I don't like that. I mean, you said you felt bloated in the past, but that's a whole new level. Yeah, yesterday was a good good bloating, but that one just sounds like I would rather die. And we're on the coast. Ugh. Remember how choppy the waters were when you drove over the freeway? Oh, fuck. <laughs> that would suck. I would hate my life. So along with this, apparently, they also had um, some rare but malevolent powers that were more direct. 
So sometimes you could kill someone instantly with a magic spell. Yeah. Uh, you could cast curses or like the evil, or put the evil eye on somebody, so you know something yeah. weird would happen and cause misfortune or cause bodily harm. Yeah. Um, there was definitely the ability to abduct or steal a soul. What? And there also were stories of the ability to either send evil spirits to possess or harm the victim, or to have some sort of familiar, like an animal. To also seek out the harm Dude, of the victim. yeah. Kind of like Omen that we watched last night with the black oh, dog. Oh, yeah, that fucking dog. Or just all the dogs that happened in it. There were so many dogs, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Filipino witches don't fuck around. Oh, no, and it Mad gets better, respect. too. So, this is where it's still kind of aligns with a lot of the Western culture. Is that they said that a lot of those weird powers could be kind of linked to just, you know, in terms of trying to debunk the myth. They said that it could have been a lot of uh, weird poisons. Or just basic sleight of hand. So the the way we know magic now, like David Copperfield or like Chris Angel mm-hmm. style, where it was just some sort of misdirection, put something in your drink, now you're frothing at the mouth. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, but similar to the uh, Salem witch hunts and trials, they would actually target unpopular, distrusted members kind of within that specific community. Yeah. And those were the ones who would be like, you know, stoned or executed in public. Yeah. That um, makes sense. There was actually one case where a local religious member's mother fell ill, and he thought that sorcerers were casting spells on his mother. Oh, fuck. So he had a list of 57 people who were to be assassinated by local soldiers. Seriously? Isn't that a little excessive? I mean, it kind of feels like at that point, you're not really getting rid of the local outcasts. You're the local outcast. Yeah. I mean, I've not liked people in the past, but I gotta think for 57. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't, I don't understand why that makes sense. Yeah, that is a lot of people to not like. Yeah. So, and now as a ward, if you were worried about this, number one, just don't do stupid things. If you're innocent, you're apparently immune to black magic. No. But I'm okay. sure that I'm sure that's something they could have told so you. Know. Everybody's trying to. Oh, they didn't know that though, right? Well, I mean, that was that was kind of the general lore behind it. Is okay. you know whether it was for religious purposes, it would force you to be good, or if it was a bedtime story to scare kids, you know, as long as you were doing the right thing and being a good person, you yeah. know, not stealing from others, you would still be immune to black magic. But almost like like karma, like once yeah. you do a bad thing. You're now completely open and game. There are probably so many people you. who were trying to like backpedal and justify themselves to avoid the black magic. Mm-hmm. And there also was a specific word called sumbalik, or counter spells or antidotes, that would not only deflect the spell back to its caster, but sometimes actually kill them directly. Oh, fuck. Especially if, the, if they were trying to harm you enough to kill you, that spell would backfire immediately oh, right back to them. Oh, shit. Almost okay. kind of like a... Uh, Full counter from Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, that's a good good comparison. Except it would just suck. That would, oh, that would be awful. So, here's where it gets a little bit different from Filipino culture to the Western culture. Mm-hmm. They actually had a difference between a lot of the female kulam practitioners and yeah. the male kulam practitioners for black okay. magic. So, Mangku Kulam specifically refers to the female sorceresses. They were okay. always kind of portrayed with, you know, Wearing black dresses, uh, black makeup, very disheveled hair. So think, uh... Sounds like me on a normal day. No, like crazier hair, though. You actually care. Um, 
What's her name? Uh, Lestrange from Harry Potter. Bellatrix Lestrange. Bellatrix. Oh, okay, that makes Something, sense. That that kind of like demonic look, kind of oh, like okay. witchy look almost. So, they actually you were the ones who focused on almost like I guess what we call like voodoo over here, mm-hmm. and they use a lot of like nature's magic and elements to do a lot of the harm. Oh, okay. So that's where you're getting you know pins and needles into some sort of doll that was made, um, but as weird as it sounds, they were just known for having wisdom or knowing magic so they would they would primarily make their money by making love potions mm, yeah i or, bet that was a good uh, you know, income if you like the victim love potions if you don't the malicious curses yeah so um, were people like actually afraid of these witches like on a daily basis or i mean unless you're really trying to get married i mean that's what the love potions would be for you go to the witch with some money right yeah, okay um, now the cool part is that they did have some supernatural powers and the really powerful ones could actually summon ghosts to haunt the dolls. They could raise the dead or at least kind of control the zombie bodies. Yeah. Or they could just do a lot of weird necromancy like based things. Dude. So like, if you wanted to contact someone in the spirit world, if you needed someone to die or someone to live, you got yeah. control. Like that's what the Monkukulam were actually able to do. Dude, that's badass. I really love that. You think so? Oh, but... it's going to be so terrible. It's going to ruin it for me. But now we get to the men, which oh, is known as Mambabara. So they were actually ordinary human beings with black magic. Their focus was to torture and eventually kill their victims. Oh. By infesting their bodies with insects. No, 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 no. Oh, that is bad. So, whereas the Mankukulam were also known to, you know, like, you could still get a love potion from yeah. a witch and you didn't, as long as you didn't piss her off, you'd be okay. Yeah. Now, the Mambabarang were specifically malicious, and they would only inflict pain or illnesses on people. Why are men like this? So nothing good would come of them. That's, well... Hey, don't clump <laughs> me in this category. Don't no, even... you are not clumped in that category. So, they would actually, you know, similar to the whole toenails, toenails and a... Hair clippings piece? Yeah. They would actually take a strand of hair from the chosen victim. Just a single strand? I mean, like, you could use a bunch, but yeah. if you'd let me finish... I mean, well, that's like a common theme. Okay? True. I mean, you Just always, you always like, see the one plucked, right? You always right? get the one hair, yeah. What they would do, they would tie it to a bug or worm. Ew. And that's what they would use as a medium. Ugh. So they'd prick the bug, you know, stab the bug with a needle or something. Victim feels that exact pain. Okay, that's really weird. Like, why a bug? You you don't want something that you can have a little bit more precision on? I mean, I guess you needed a living thing to a living thing. That's true. I mean, I guess it's good that they weren't just using, like, mice and rats. Oh, here we go. Actually, in the legends, <clears throat> they kept swarms of carnivorous beetles in a bottle or a section of bamboo. What in the fuck? And they would carefully feed these actual bugs a ginger root. A ginger root? Re- like, okay. th- that's what they would live on. Um, eventually, whenever the practitioner decided to, you know, who their victim was going to be, yeah. they would perform a prayer ritual, and they would whisper the instructions, and the beetles would actually identify who the victim was and target them right away. Oh my god. It's almost getting like a heat-seeking spell. Dude. Um, fu- okay, but I have a question. Yeah. Why was he feeding them ginger root if they're carnivorous 
Beatles. I mean, probably like anything else. You know, ginger's kind of spicy, so maybe like it got them upset and agitated. Kind of okay, like you know, fair. you always you 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 never see those crazy like rabid animals in in horror movies like being treated well or with respect. They're always That's prodded, true. poked, kept were, hungry. Yeah, they were probably just kept hungry and pissed off. Exactly. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And again, imagine we're talking like an entire swarm now. So eventually, the insects would be set free, and they would gain entry into the victim from no. any bodily orifice they could find. No. Oh. Any I mean, bodily orifice. Oh, that makes it so much worse. What so, if, like, oh. nose, your mouth, no. your ears, the buttholes. Yeah, oh, definitely no, no, one no, of no. them. I don't and, even want to keep going. Oh, don't we could also going. they could also get in through any kind of like kind of open wounds or sores Ew. and just creep right in there. Oh, imagine if like you had like a cat scratch that had just happened and it was able to like burrow in there. So not just that though. Apparently, when wherever whichever <clears throat> orifice it would break into, yeah, that's specifically the targeted wound that would feel excessive pain. So if again, oh. if it did get through the anus, like you get like <gasps> some kind of like hemorrhoids. Mm. If it got through your ear, like you might lose your hearing or you may like have earaches or like migraines. This is the worst. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're doing this. So no matter what, again, a lot of this, if you start bringing in the science piece to it, for whatever reason, these were the wounds that could not be cured by like old uh, medical kind of like practices at that time. Okay. So again, if there was something where maybe the doctor wasn't well equipped, they were use. Uh, there was rumors that you know they would say claim black magic as oh well that's why you have hemorrhoids. It's not because you did X Y Z or it's genetic in your family. It's just because you're a bad person and I don't like you. You must have done something bad to piss off a, like like a witch. So it would just be like that one beetle that's just kind of fucking them up, right? Or it, is it like they start swarming into that body? Yeah, and we're not necessarily sure. Um, there was also some weird weird rumors that were going around that whenever you know a carnivorous beetle would actually like get into somebody when that person would die yeah there might have been that beetle's eggs in the body so that's oh, whenever no. there was some kind of decay you would see the eggs eggs hatch post-mortem oh. and then start bleeding out or crawling oh, out oh my of the body. god no oh that reminds me of do you remember that scene in the haunting of hill house where I don't remember her name, but the sister who owns the mortuary is doing up the makeup for her yes. sister, and all of a sudden she starts seeing like these bugs crawling everywhere. And that was one of the things upon the victim's death. That's when you would see some sort of bug or insect immediately leave the um, opening it came into Ew. or it came from. Mm-mm. Actually, I take it back. It might have just been like a bug in her mouth or something but either way there were bugs involved but still congratulations you've now heard the difference between the mankukulam and the mababaran i'll try to remember those no you're not going to i'm i'm really high and i'm not going to but thank you no that was really interesting i actually never would have thought to look into filipino witches specifically and i mean it makes sense for you because you're filipino you know some of these legends and everything mm-hmm. so no, thank was, you for sharing that and it's also kind of cool just to see the kind of the overlap like where there are similarities and then where kind of local lore and culture yeah. starts like 
setting the gaps between what we know about, like, what we call a witch and what they call a witch in the Philippines. What's really interesting, though, is that there were a lot of elements that were consistent with Western witches as well. And, and like, I, the voodoo and other African uh, witchcraft. And again, some of those weren't always blatantly viewed as evil. Yeah. You know, they got evil when they kind of came to the Western world. But, you know, mm. for the local lord, you know, the witch doctors were also practitioners and healers. Yeah. They didn't necessarily have to do the bad things. It's just, in this particular case, I wanted to focus on, like, the yeah, actual creepy stuff. But there were others who, you know, if you didn't if you didn't call it medicine at the time, you called it magic, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Congratulations. You survived after double fisting. Woo! Yeah, I did. So, this is Chris and Natalie, signing out. Bye!